This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharif Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. In his newly published book, Willing and Able, Lessons from a Decade in Crisis, Mike Abel notes, I know it's difficult to be upbeat, especially as South Africans, when there's so much corruption, not enough electricity, and a plague going on outside. But that's precisely what's required right now. If any nation has the resilience and self-sufficiency to endure and prosper, it's us. Mike practices what he preaches, and gosh, he is at the top of his game. He's a founding partner of the multi-award-winning advertising agency, MNC Sachi Abel, and is the only founder in the global network to have his name alongside the Sachi brothers. Michael, welcome and thank you so much for uh, joining me. Thank you, Sharice. It's great to be on your show. What amazes me in your book, what comes through so powerfully is your strong adherence to the values by which you live your life, your commitment to your family, your community, and our country. To what extent do you think that these are inspirations for what you write in your book? Very much uh, a powerful um, source of guidance, inspiration, comes from, I guess, my family. When I say my family, my parents, my grandparents, the community I grew up with in in Port Elizabeth, the schools that I went to. And um, I think that, uh, you know, if one is uh, deeply committed, I guess, or has a a mushugas or a madness that I reflect in the book around helping others, um, around making a difference, I think that that is the key to leading a meaningful life. Um, You know, there's um, a Kabbalistic belief uh, that is in life you get because of what you give, not because of what you take. Um, and uh, and so those are guiding principles, I think, that uh, have guided my career and hopefully come to, to life in the book in terms of, uh, of leading a meaningful and happy life. Your Jewish identity definitely comes through quite strongly, Mike, and also mm. your patriotism both to South Africa and your pride of Israel. And mm. um, again, to what extent that influences you? I wouldn't describe myself as a religious man per se, although I am deeply traditional in my faith and uh, am overtly and proudly Jewish. Um, I've always been a vigilante, I guess, against any form of intolerance and certainly against anti-Semitism. My father um, left the comfort of uh, living in Port Elizabeth to go and fight in the Israeli army when the country was only 10 years old. And so I've grown up in a staunchly uh, Zionistic family in terms of uh, our love and belief in the state of Israel. Although I am 53 years old, I've only been there twice in my life. Uh, despite the fact that, uh, that, uh, I travel extensively, but I've always had a deep affinity, I guess, and love for the country, despite having not spent a lot of time there. I guess also the fact that, um, my one grandmother, who was a staunchly, uh, religious lady, uh, who lived to 103, uh, only came to South Africa from Poland when she was 23. And then obviously having Lithuanian and Russian grandparents, um, not, uh, first generation, not born there, but, uh, their parents, you know, you kind of grow up as we all have with that, uh, that consciousness, um, around it. So, um, I definitely think that, um, those values, those lessons that, you know, I, um, was, always violently against apartheid. Obviously, if you do reject any form of intolerance, you would have found apartheid to be an, uh, an aberration. 
and uh, which I did. And so I think all of those things and those learnings around intolerance, I think, have infused the book and have infused the way I've loved and appreciated diversity in all of its shapes and forms in uh, forging who I am. Forging who you are in the advertising industry, um, your book provides personal insights into what it takes to make it in a competitive industry that is ever-changing. Just before we leave the Jewish thing, is, do mm-hmm. you see the market? industry a Jewish industry and um, to what I mean I know such and such has a Jewish history which I read in your book which I hadn't Mm. realized before fascinating story and I just wondered if you'd like to comment on that yeah I think that uh, certainly globally and uh, and locally um, the Jewish community have been huge contributors to the uh, marketing and the um, advertising industry some of the, the greats globally. But yes, uh, indeed, Charles and Morris Saatchi um, were born in Baghdad. They are Iraqi Jews. They moved to London in their early teens. Um, Saatchi actually is Farsi, as I understand, for the word watchmaker. So if you're traveling around Turkey and those types of countries, you'll see Saatchi above the shops that sell and repair watches. And uh, David Kershaw, who is our global CEO, um, is also Jewish. Um, I don't think Kershaw was their original uh, surname. Um, and then within the South African advertising environment, there are a number of, uh, of Jews that have um, played a considerable role uh, in growing the local industry. Um, so I think that also, you know, in the idea business, um, I think that the Jewish community has always been very powerful at um, idea generation and developing concepts. I mean, I think that if you look at, and I'm certainly going to be no Nobel Prize winner, but if you look at the Nobel Prize laureates, to think that the Jewish community comprises one in every thousand people, but in terms of uh, Nobel Prize winners and taking anti-Semitism into account, we still win one in every five Nobel Prizes. So I think that we are very good problem solvers. And then I think in terms of advertising being content and being um, uh, entertainment to an extent, and you look at Hollywood and you look at, you know, the big names, whether it's the actors or the writers or the Metro Goldwyn Mayers or whoever, I think that we've always had a very good um, um, ability to read um, human nature, psychology. You know, one doesn't need to even look at the Viktor Frankls of this world um, and to feel um, the human dynamic. And all of that commercial psychology is what advertising is about. It's about ideas and it's about persuasion and bringing those two things together. Um, And so I think that it's been a a very natural way. It it could be upbringing. It could be a way of viewing the world. I think there are many uh, influences to that. But I do think that that being Jewish, uh, in my instance, has certainly helped um, grow the business from both uh, what we do and how we do it. So um, having good commercial smarts and acumen, and I think that it would be um, dishonest not to acknowledge the fact that the Jewish community have got very good, generally, uh, commercial acumen. Turning from the Jewish community to the broader South African one, Mm. you have um, lived in Australia. You've come back. Your chapter Mm. one is entitled, The Future is Bright. Difficult circumstances don't equate to bad outcomes, but somebody needs to switch on the lights. Your positivity to 
South Africa and the fact that you feel that in spite of all that is happening around us, now is the time for opportunities. Do you want to expand a little bit on that? Yeah, I think it was um, Hunter S. Thompson, if I'm not mistaken, that said something like, do you want to arrive in heaven aged 90 in a perfectly preserved body or do you want to come skidding in battered and bruised, shouting, well, an expletive, <laughs> what, a, what a ride. And uh, and I think in South Africa, we feel very alive. You know, you're very plugged into what's happening. So I think that a lot of people, uh, you know, there's a myth about how you live your life. You know, when we all grew up, Sharice, it was all about saving for your retirement and your golden years. And it was about having a destination in mind, not about the lived and daily reality. And in South Africa, we have a profound opportunity to make a difference to so many people's lives. Uh, I get enormous reward from trying to drive an inclusive economy and a sharing culture and redress the inequities of the past in South Africa and lead a far more meaningful life. And at the same time, to do well. In turn, when I say do well, to be happy living in a country that I love, that I'm surrounded by people that I love. I'm surrounded by an environment that is home and familiar and we are able to contribute as opposed to moving to some beautiful and sedate uh, country where um, there isn't an opportunity really to contribute, to be entrepreneurial, to show your smarts uh, and your flair. So, of course, we have got considerable challenges on our hands. But if you have a look at um, the challenges that we have on our hands, do I want to live in a country that is two to one to the British pound or uh, 98 cents to the dollar and have 48 million people suppressed under a, 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 a program of apartheid? Or do I want to live in a beautiful and messy country that is trying to fix itself? Of course, there's corruption. There's no question there is. But at the same time, what we have here is active citizenry. And I believe that uh, active citizenry and all of us getting off our butts and fighting corruption and uh, and trying to drive businesses and trying to unlock the economy and trying to attract investment is a very thrilling thing to do as opposed to living your life on autopilot. And a lot of people that go to the traditional places around the world, that is what they've chosen to do. Uh, and it's not a criticism of them in any way, but that is something that I don't want for myself. I'd rather have the hot mess and beauty of life in South Africa, provided obviously that one can live it in a, in a way that is safe. And I think obviously gender-based violence and crime and all violence in South Africa needs to be addressed and tackled meaningfully. Uh, that is our biggest issue. The economy is not our biggest issue. It's a respect for human life and it's obviously um, tackling corruption and uplifting lives to the betterment of all South Africans. But we have that opportunity to do it here. Uh, and so I want to be part of that uh, that active uh, fight in fixing our country. And I, I wrote an article many years ago uh, called In Loco Parentis, where I said that big business and businesses in general and South Africans need to assume the role of government because while government is uh, needs to sort itself out and whilst the ineptitude and cronyism within our government is almost complete, it's up to us as everyday citizens not to look to government as being the ruling party, but understand their ineptitude, hold them accountable, and then also 
also try and fix this place ourselves. One of the chapters in your book looks at your philanthropic work, including um, your, your passion for art and promoting South African artists, but mm. as well as projects that have taken up initiatives that have started, like you're talking active citizenry, like the street store in Cape Town. Um, in our remaining minutes, do you want to talk a little bit about that? So when people ask me, what is the most important thing you've ever done in your career? I would say the street store. And the street store is um, the world's first rent-free, premises-free, free pop-up clothing store for the homeless. And essentially what it is, is it's to give homeless people or people that are impoverished uh, a genuine shopping experience. So traditionally, if people uh, give away clothing, they'll put it into a big black bag. It might be dropped off at a, at a, a shelter. And then people have to rummage through that bag and choose stuff that might not fit them, uh, that they might not like or that they might not need, but it's just available. And the street store is designed to give homeless people or poor people a genuine shopping experience where they can choose items of clothing that they like and that they need and that fits them. And so we started that in Cape Town um, in 2014, and today it's gone on to become a global movement. When we designed the street store, which is uh, www.thestreetstore.org, uh, we went open source so that people can actually download all of the information on hosting a street store. And, uh, and we made it uh, open source that people around the world could host their own street stores. And had COVID not happened, I think we were on about 976 street stores happening in the most far-flung places in the world like Kathmandu. <laughs> and uh, and we've clothed um, over a million people so far around the world through the street store process. Um, we would be well into uh, over a 1,000 so far. So that's an incredibly important thing. And uh, I think we like to use our smarts in terms of saying, how do we unlock opportunity and how do we uh, make things accessible? So, yes, uh, I have been um, very much behind uh, supporting contemporary African art. I think that the art that we do and create in South Africa is uh, is world class. And if you ever look at today, uh, the number of uh, South African artists in different shapes or forms, be it music like a, a DJ Black Coffee, be it uh, a talk show host like a Trevor Noah, be it uh, Nelson Makamo, who's on the front cover of Time magazine and his art hangs in um, the homes of uh, Giorgio Armani and Oprah Winfrey and, uh, uh, you know, Beyonce. Um, people are taking note of South African creativity in a big way. Artists like Ati Pataruga and um, uh, Kutsunai Chirai and many, 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 many others. Uh, and uh, and obviously, I mean, we've always had our iconic artists like the Kentridges and the Dumas, but now people are getting to grips with the profound uh, creativity of South African artists and African artists. Fortunately, that's all we have time for, but um, thank you for joining me. Uh, Muscle top on your book. Your book is available. Let me just repeat the title. It is Willing and Able, Lessons from a Decade in Crisis. And it is available with um, on, uh, in-store soon, but can be bought on Take-A-Lot right now. That's correct. That is correct. It will be available at all of the major booksellers in South Africa, but has been available, I think, for the past week already on Take-A-Lot.com. And it's also available on a Kindle and ebook um, toward well from today actually. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Sharice. Thanks for inviting me onto your show. Yeah. And above all, I want it to be useful. So that's really what I want out of.